Hello, hello, and welcome. My name is Rachel Ivy, and you are listening to The Blueprint, a podcast designed to create a space for all things construction, those construction conversations. On today's episode, we will be looking at that hot topic again, affordable housing, affordable housing Chicago style. But before we get started, I want to introduce my co-host for today. We got 27th War Alderman Walter Burnett in the building. How are you, Alderman? We're good. Thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you for having me here. Yay. Well, welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, why don't you share with our listeners who will be bringing the heat today, who we got in the building? So we have um, Brian how you say that, Bordeaux? Rodor. Rodor. What is that, French? Oui, oui. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Well, and champagne, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> so we got my man, Brian Bordeaux. So Brian is a big hat at, with an organization named Ani. Yeah, he's actually the VP of development over you there. You're the VP yeah. of development? Yeah, we got to have him here in the building. Man, I it's been a while that. since I started with you. So man, yeah. I knew you win, man. You know, uh, seven so years. so Ani oh, is wow. a Ani is a developer uh, from from Canada, right? They are large. They probably the biggest developer in uh, Toronto. Uh, We're Vancouver. the second or third largest developer in uh, Vancouver. Um, active not as active in Toronto anymore, but it's funny. I was actually doing the numbers today, and we've got Chicago alone um, about eight million square feet. Uh, either completed other development. Oh uh, wow! Here in the city right now. So so so. Ani actually um, acquired a, a piece of property uh, in our ward, an affordable housing development that was actually owned by several churches in the near north area. LaSalle Street Church, Wayman Church, Holy Family Church, um, I think uh, maybe Union, and uh, uh, St. Joseph. They all own the church. Own the, own the property, and they wanted to build affordable housing in the community. So they built some affordable housing in the building. Actually, Jesse White actually lived in the building uh, from the time they built it. Nice building called Atrium Village. Atrium, yeah. Yeah, it's over on Wells, Wells and Division between the L track and uh, Wells Street and between Division and Hill Street. The address actually is on Hill. And so someone bought it from them. And uh, and then uh, they sold it to Ani. Ani came in from Canada on their horse with the big hat. <laughs> the big they, hat? The they oh, yeah, in, Mounties. Yeah, they came in with the Mountie outfit on, the big <laughs> hat and the horse. And they came in and they acquired the property. Uh, one of the deals with the property was that the property was going to be, it was an affordable development and that they were going to keep uh, the affordability, that we was going to keep at least 20% affordability. So Ani acquired that property, and they went on from there. And and now Ani is, uh, you know, is a big competitor in the city of Chicago, buying up everything. They just bought the Ace Hotel. Yay! You know, they, they formerly are, known, for, yeah, <laughs> formerly known as Ace Hotel. And they they building, they've built several other structures uh, in the city of Chicago, the Hudson on Chicago Avenue. 
I think you did some stuff. Three six nine grand. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have Brian here because they specialize not just in affordable housing, but they also do uh, what is it? Luxury rental apartments. Is that what they call them? Yep. Yep. And they're actually really really nice. And so I wanted to, as we start to talk about this whole thing around affordable housing, I know for you, the alderman, and most of the elected officials, it's the challenge between trying to find that optimal level. Uh, regulations with the ARO, um, but then also... And the ARO is the Affordable Housing Requirement Ordinance. Yes, yes. Thank you, Alderman. Um, and then that also produces development, so makes developers like Ani stay and want to actually build here in Chicago. Um, so to kick us off, Brian, based off your experience, and this is all just regular conversations, what are some of the things that you've seen in terms of what are some of the hurdles or even the good, the bad, and the ugly around affordable housing from a developer's perspective? I think from a developer's perspective, um, it's, let me back up and say, I think from a, if you look at the city of Chicago holistically, we recognize the issue of affordable housing. It's something that's needed in Chicago and across the country. Um, you know, Ani's unique. We're a family-owned company, I'll, I'll say, we're, we've got offices in Chicago, Seattle, L.A., Vancouver, Toronto, and we own stuff down in Phoenix. So we see a bit different perspective and, you know, across different markets. Mm-hmm. And every market does things a bit differently. Um, in the city itself, I think, you know, the city in the last couple of years has started to change the ARO program. And I think you hear a lot of other developers start to say, hey, we can't build, we can't build. It doesn't financially make sense. So... One of the reasons it's a bit different from Ani is that we're a long-term hold. So we ha- have a different exit strategy. So hmm. in, in 50, you know, 30 years, the company has never sold an asset they've built. Okay. So unlike a typical merchant developer that will build a tower up and get it leased up and sell it two years later, we don't have that exit strategy. So our, our returns are different. So, you know, I can speak for us, but it's also different, you know, I don't want my other development friends to come, you know, find me behind, you know, the alley later on, you know, you know, tell me, what are you saying? So I think it's a bit different for us. But from my perspective, um, the city, it's, I believe affordable housing should be located, at least portion of it, maybe not all of it, whatever, within a community. I think Division and Wells, Atrium Village is a great example of, we have a tower there where we literally have someone paying $40,000 a month for a rental unit, living in the same building as someone with a CHA voucher. Forty thousand. Forty thousand. Forty. Forty. Yeah, and I just signed another one. I told one. you they were luxury rental. I just signed another one for forty-three thousand. Uh, <laughs> the photo will be in cranes in the next couple of days. Uh, so, it's insane. Oh, yeah. It's. Uh, trust me, I work for the company. I'm not living in those apartments. So, <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know many people that can. Um, but I think you know affordable housing has a stigma, and from a developer standpoint, even us. I mean, we came down here from Canada, and you know we've done. You know we call it seven, eight years ago, we came down to the States and, you know, they do call it, you know, affordable housing up in Canada and it's handled very differently because it's taken outside of the buildings and it's social housing and there's different carrots and sticks that, you know, Vancouver does, um, than, you know, other markets have do so have done. So I think in Chicago itself, you know, the projects you've seen deliver affordable housing to date, you know, either 10% or 20% in, you know, it makes sense because that was what, you know, it financially makes sense. The, the lots were priced that way. I think the problem is from my perspective, at least where the city is at, I think we see, we recognize the development community that there is a need for affordable housing, mm-hmm. but how do you financially make it sense for the average developer? So they get their projects pencil, mm-hmm. you know, and they're able to get an investment. And, you know, I think 
it's probably a combination of incentives from the city, whether it's extra density or whether it's, you know, working on the, um, uh, the taxes, let's, Things that's like parking that. Taxes. They do work on the exactly. Taxes. So they and that's new. That's new. And I think I haven't seen anyone successfully. I mean, people are. That's it's so new that it's going to be interesting to see what comes out with that because the projects we're seeing right now being built and being delivered were delivered under the ARO. You know, from 2015, 16, 17, not the 21 mm. one. So it's okay. going to be interesting to see how people get stuff approved over the next couple of years and how the development cycle goes. My gut is, and this is you know talking anecdotally to other people. It's not necessarily the affordable housing that's killing residential development in the city of Chicago. It's, you know, we have crime. We have, which is, you know, no different than a lot of other cities, but we have a bad PR problem in Chicago. So we've got crime and we've got our tax issue. So to get other outside capital to come in, they don't want to take that risk. I don't think the affordable housing is necessarily the issue. Mm -hmm. I just think it adds another hurdle when, you know, construction costs are high in the city of Chicago as well. Well, you know... uh, (coughs) So, so how the ARO work right now, how it started out working, if you build over 10 units, you have to do um, 10% affordable. Right. That's how it started. Then it went to 15%. Then it went to 20%. So now it's at 20%. Although when it was 15%, I was still, when it was 10%, I was still asking for 15 to 20% in my ward. But, uh, but now it's up to 20%. Of course, you know, I was part of all of those ordinances. And, and getting it built. And one of the things that I found, what I've always heard from developers was that, you know, it needs to be a level playing field, right? So e- everyone needs to be treated the same. Correct. And when they come to the door, when they go to, to buy the property from a developer or from a property owner, you know, you can always jot that into your negotiation that you got to do this affordable housing because a lot of property owners will raise their prices real high. But then when, but then when they find out that you have to do affordable housing, then you can negotiate a little bit. Now, uh, now that everyone has to do it, it's a level playing field. So there's a way to negotiate with uh, property owners when they sell their property because a lot of property owners in Chicago have been making bank, man. I mean, the property value has gone up substantially in a lot of different areas, and it costs developers a lot of money. So that's why they kind of whine a little bit, and they balance out now that we had a tax thing in that you could uh, pay less taxes or get a tax deduction on the affordable units, it helps a lot also. So once we made it across the board for everyone, I think that helped a lot of people a lot. Now, one of the things right now, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of developers are saying that why do the residential developers just got to get hit with affordable housing? 100%. Right? And they're saying, why shouldn't the commercial guys got to get hit, don't get hit with affordable housing? And this is my argument, and I agree with that argument, and, and this is the pros and cons on that. One, some of the guys who own commercial property say commercial people pay a higher tax, right? But but the, the large residential buildings... Those are commercial tax taxes anyway. That's a commercial, that, that's tax, a commercial anyway. tax too, right? You get yep. the same, what's that, 20-something percent? 27% or something? Something like that. Okay, so... so Scary that, number. So that's <laughs> one of their arguments, but but a, a large high-rise residential building does the same thing. So my thing is, is, okay, if you get the Google, you get the Amazon, you get these big corporations, and they come to the table, and they bring these people, and all of them are looking for this young talent, right? Those folks the, today, the millennial, millennials, 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 they want to live close to where they work. Right. Correct. They don't want to drive. 
they they would take public transportation, ride a bike or walk, right? So they want to live close. So a lot of these big companies want to have sort of like a um, campus-like setting where folks can live, entertain, work and play, mm-hmm. right? So so my thing is, if you all, if everybody's trying to attract these young people, that's why all the corporations move into Chicago because we're surrounded by colleges all over the Midwest. Is you want to attract these young people, you got to give them a place to stay. So they can't stay in the, they can't stay in a forty three thousand dollar apartment. <laughs> but, but, but 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 I would say you know the 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 some of the highest rents are going outside of the forty three thousand going for four dollars a square feet. Thousand square feet uh, place would be about four thousand dollars a month. A lot of young people can't afford that when they get their entry level job at Google. I talked to the kids at Google. They don't make a whole bunch of money starting out, right? When they start out, they make entry-level pay. Then they make more. So that's why a lot of them don't want to work in Seattle. They want to work in Chicago because the rents are cheaper. So what I say to the corporations and the guys who's building those commercial buildings, you all should contribute to the affordable housing so you can help to supplement your employees, your young employees that you are trying to attract and allow them and help them to be closer to where they live. Yeah, a recruiting effort almost. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's, It'll be a win-win situation for them, for the city, mm-hmm. right, and for the people who work for them. Yeah. So that's that. But, but yeah, I agree. I think I think the uh, commercial property should, consi- should contribute to the affordable housing um, uh, ARO. Alderman, you said something a minute ago when you said you've always, what the ARO is now, you've always asked that of the developers that participated in your ward. How have you made it work? So, Well, because I just treat everybody the same. So, okay. So, you know, I find that if people, if people know predictability, okay, right, if they know predictability, then they know what they're working with. So, you know, most of the lawyers that they get tell them, you know, ah, this, is, okay. this is how this dude get down. Do your so, homework. <laughs> that's right. So to be quite honest about it, um, before we even had an ARO, okay. I was pushing for affordable housing. Right. I was doing affordable housing before we had an ARO. So, it, so and, and not to stroke myself, but, you know, <laughs> I feel like the city's been following me on that and I've been pushing it. Working with a lot of advocates, and uh, and here we are. You mm-hmm. know, we we here we 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 are where we are now, um, because of things that I've done, but also a push that a lot of other people have done, but also a lot of folks participating. Okay. In some areas of my ward, not only do we push the affordable housing, we push CHA too, uh, especially over in the near north side where Cabrini Green is. So some folks do ten percent CHA, ten percent affordable you know, in, in those same buildings. And we've been successful with it, but the thing is, when everybody know that everybody else do the same thing, mm-hmm. they're able to negotiate with the with the property owners that they're buying the property from. Okay. I agree with that. And I think something, you know, there's the Chicago way doing things, and, you know, we joke around in the city that, you know, there's 50 aldermen and 50 sets of rules. So I think the ARO does do, <laughs> there's 50 kingdoms, right? So there's the ARO by leveling the playing field. I'll agree with that. It levels the playing field across neighborhoods. And I think it creates a set of standards. And I think from a development standpoint, you know, we're a developer, general contractor, property management, and basically we do everything in house. So we see an ARO project from development through construction to property management and leasing. So, you know, creating consistency across the board is super important. And I think that's one of the hard things about Chicago is that, you know, we have, you know, you've got, you know, all the prerogative, which is great in some aspects, but other times it's like, 
you know, just because one alderman, there was a, you know, I won't mention the alderman's name, but there was a project where the community and everyone wanted affordable housing and the, guy, the alderman was against it. And for once it actually passed somehow through, you know, got approved, which it was a pretty interesting, I was, I was glad I'm not the developer on that one. It was quite an interesting uh, plan commission meeting to watch. And I'll, you know, I'll leave that one alone. So, so. Alderman, just for the people like me, why would an alderman not be in favor of an affordable housing like he mentioned? Well, because there are some stereotypes with, oh, with okay. affordable housing. Okay. So folks don't know that affordable housing is for working people. Okay, that's, right. a, that's they, a good they, distinction. They, they look at affordable housing as being for folks who uh, are on public uh, uh, public aid or low income. Correct. So mm-hmm. they think it's public housing. But public housing is 30% of median income, right? It goes from zero to 30%. That's what public housing do. You can make zero and live in public housing, or you can make 30% of your income and live in public housing. Most affordable housing that's, that's, that's sponsored by government you can be it can be sixty percent of median income, eighty percent of median income. That's that's how the government part do. With the affordable housing, with the ARO, it's eighty percent of median income up to hundred and twenty percent of median income. Okay. Because but but in order to be able to to do that, you have to make a certain amount of money. You can't just come in and be broke. You have to work. Yeah, and know? I think from our perspective, I mean the you know I won't you know. The average ARO, you know, tenant in our buildings, I mean, we have 300 affordable units up at Division and Wells. The average, you know, we have 1,500 total units there. There's, you know, 300, 20% affordable across the site. And I think the average person there, you know, is, you know, the teacher, the firefighter, the secretary. I mean, they're working. This is not a handout. And I'll say the stigma that you touched on, Alderman, about affordable housing is totally false. Because I think, you know, from our perspective, you know, the people paying $43,000 a month, People paying, uh, you know, nine hundred dollars a month on a, you know, in an arrow unit, they're not the problem. They're it's the, the person. Problem. No, no, it's the person paying two thousand dollars a month for a studio who thinks they're like hot stuff. And I won't use the other s word. And that they're the problem. They are the problem. It's you know, it's the I like to call them forty thousand dollars millionaires. Like they literally <laughs> think their stuff don't stink, and they're the problem. It's not the you know, it's not the the affordable housing people are you know, they're no different than the rest of us. And you wouldn't even know like know the when they walk in out of the building, they're the exact same as us. They're you know, all creeds, all skin colors, all religions, everything. You can't. You know, you can stereotype it all you want, but it's not true. Yeah, I mean, some of them can make up to seventy thousand, eighty thousand, ninety thousand dollars a year. You know, depending on what size unit that they get. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, unit size, family size, the whole thing. That's right. So, it's, yeah. it's, it's a large mix, but they have to work. But still, you have working class people because, unfortunately, the market in Chicago, fortunately and unfortunately, the market in Chicago right now is around four dollars a square feet. Four thousand yeah. dollars for a thousand square feet um apartment which is which is what a one bedroom no well <laughs> average developer that's two bedroom it's for us it's a three we we, we skim yeah, them down we got we, we got some little hey, units little <laughs> we, hey we got little units we hey we might get little units but last year we delivered two buildings uh grand uh grand and old town park phase three we leased up a, we leased up grand in six months and old town park in nine months at a higher than pandemic pricing so we're doing something right well the Th- thing those is, amenities though they yeah. have some amazing <laughs> amenities so that, that's how that's how a lot of developers in these high we're building community right I that's love how it. these developers in these in these high-rise buildings are, are making up for it they putting you know health clubs uh party rooms 
you know, rooftops, dog spots, dog yep. spots, yeah. karaoke, karaoke, indoor basketball, beer all day, <laughs> yeah. you know, all kind of, you know, so, seen, yeah, it's, so it's you nice. Get, so you, you name it, of, we got it. Yeah, you get a lot of other stuff with it, but you have a smaller place. Oh, you know? Okay. But I guess they're hoping you spend time in the, in the amenity part. It, we joke about the amenities. We have the, for for years. It was like the amenity war. Everyone builds all these amenities, and no one uses half of them. It's it's a leasing tool. Like people use the pool, mm-hmm. they use the gym, and they might use the, uh, the entertaining kitchen. But what they love to do is when their friends come to visit, they'll take them around and look at all the stuff I got. That I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, all of that stuff is beautiful, but the units are somewhat. You know, they they. They're smaller. They're smaller. But the bedrooms are smaller. They just need closet space for other stuff. That's and then we're good to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. More closet space. Double sinks for couples. There you go. You know, saves a marriage. Yeah. That yeah. double sink. So, so the market, the, the market rate units compared to the affordable units is a big gap. And, and the challenge is, depending on how the market is, mm-hmm. right, the market is with the market. So if people are paying you know, $4 a square feet. If people are paying $5 a square feet, guess what? Everybody's going to start charging $5 a square feet. That's the market. Right. Right. But the affordable parts stay at the affordable price. But there's a big gap in between. And it's funny because, you know, that that relationship, the, the market is what the market is. But as the market goes up, I think what you're going to see is all of a sudden it becomes, you know, financially viable, quote, to actually build the affordable because now, you know, as the, the segment goes up, it makes up for the rent and it averages out to, you know, what people need to be pencil. The other thing I think is important to notice, you know, is that construction costs in Chicago, you know, we're hundred percent union town. You know, I think yeah. we, it's, it's great because I think we have, you know, I work on our Seattle market, you know, I'm there, you know, every couple of weeks. I just cringe when I walk through the stuff there and I'm like, what is this? Like, but here in Chicago, we don't have that issue because we're union contractors here. So we actually have good high quality paying jobs, and we have good, high-quality construction and result. And that's great, but it is a higher cost of construction compared to, you know, some other markets. So you're you're balancing, you know, in Seattle, it's cheaper to build, and you get more for rent. So I think, you know, it's the market— It's cheaper to build, and, and it's you get cheap, more for Yes, rent? and in L.A., too. <laughs> wow. So And and you pay so in less in taxes. Tell, you can't tell me too much stuff, because I may, you know— <laughs> He's going to use it. You're going to hear something else. <laughs> I've had this experience before. <laughs> I will not go into the full else. details of the story, but I had, it's called the lift. And for the people that know, they know. And I will not, I will not have the lift happen again. So yeah. He had been and did his research and be like, you know, that over in L.A. Yeah. How, how, how you going to whine about this when you're doing that in L.A., man? What you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Left hand, right hand over here. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys. We have a few minutes left, so I just wanted to see if you guys had any final comments or any shout outs um, before we end our show. Well, so what I want to say, if you don't mind, as Brian said, they had 300 something units of ARO units. So they probably just about almost all already gone. Right. Um, all but like one or two. One yeah. or two. There's several other buildings coming up in the West Loop in the near north side, you know, uh, downtown now, you know, everybody got units. People just need to go to the Department of Housing website okay, and, 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 and find out where those ARO units are 
and go check them out. Question. So, Brian, and I don't know if you know this or not. So once I go to the website that the Ottoman mentioned, do our people then refer to, say, your units or your buildings, and then you guys manage that affordable house? Right. So, yeah. So, you don't have anything to do yeah. with Yeah. So, I, I guess. Okay. You know, I'm on the development side. I kind of know how the property management side works. But basically, you go in, you know, and then, you know, for the listeners, I would say, like, if there's a new building going up, just call and ask the leasing office, do you have affordable units? Because I ah, think sometimes there okay. is a delay between getting the affordable units, quote, listed on the city's website. And we've already started leasing. So it's like one of those things, if there's a new building going up in your neighborhood you're interested in, I would say you call them and say, do you have ARR units? And if they say yes, they might have a wait list or you can have an application. I will say the application is because it's, you know, the way the application works is you go and you tour, you say, okay, I want to live in X building. Then you can submit an application. That application asks for, you know, mother's maiden name, blood type. It is a lot. <laughs> but the one thing is you do it once in the city of Chicago for an arrow unit. So they do do it once to get it right. So that process can take a couple months. And what, what you know, my caveat, my kind of critique or suggestion for the city would be is, it can take months to get a ARO unit, you know, from sending the application to actually have someone move in. And I think that's an issue because what happens is people got to move. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they we- might not have 90 days to let an application get processed. So I think on the city's end, they need to figure out a way in that streamline the process, but there just needs to be more manpower behind it. So then, you know, if I'm applying for a unit in 60 days, well, I got to move in 60 days. So we've actually had a ton of them where their applic- person's application will get approved, but they already found somewhere else to live. And no. then we got to restart the process. So it takes a lot longer to lease up than you think. Well, I appreciate that. And I let, I let the Department of Housing know that. Um, so Great conversation. Yes, it's good to know. <laughs> it's good to know. But also, uh, a lot of folks don't know we have some things for sale, too. Correct. We have some condos. I shouldn't say we, but there are some ARO, affordable housing units of houses and condos throughout the city of Chicago. And some of these nice buildings with condos. The only challenge with condos is you do have to pay an assessment fee and you may have to pay for parking. Okay. Right? So we don't push too too many condos. We try to push try to we try to encourage more build building of houses than we do condos. But there's a lot of houses about two, three hundred thousand, man. Nice. Uh, so would our listeners Chicago. contact your office for like so, that list to so, figure out so, how to go about so doing that? As far as the ones for sale. Okay. Because that go through the um uh, the land trust, the first community land, the, I mean, first community, the, the land community land trust. So we get the listing of the land trust properties and we post that on our, on our e-blast newsletter. In your newsletter. So if, if folks okay. want to find out, we post it all the time. They can call my office and get on our e- e-blast, which is uh 312-432-1995. Talk to Tamara. She'll put you on our list and you'll get our e-blast. And we always list, we list the for sale properties. Now I have to work on trying to get the list of the for rent Rental. properties. Okay, mm-hmm. but that but the like I say the for rent properties is different in every property because some owners do eighty percent ARO, some do a hundred percent ARO, some do one hundred and twenty percent ARO. Full, so, full range. Yeah, it's yeah, so a full range, and, and and every every property manager is different. So Brian, you got something else you want yeah. to say before you go? And just so our listeners know, so you mentioned the purchasing. But if they are looking to rental, they should start with the actual property that they may see that's coming up. Correct. So Got I think it. that's the easiest way to do it. I mean, it's hard okay. to miss these high rises downtown because uh, we look at them for two to three years through development cycles. So, um, you know, I think, you know, in closing, I think the it's arrow is, you know, it's an important aspect. And I think, you know, through working with, you know, 
the city like the alderman and, and you know other community members we'll get to the right spot and we'll find the you know right balance of how to you know make sure we still have development going and how we actually can uh deliver for the community well thank you both thank you to my amazing co-host 27th ward alderman walter burnett and then my good friend brian over there at ani uh thank you guys for being here today these conversations were great i always learn a lot whenever i have these conversations but we also hope our listeners are learning something as well and to our listeners, if you guys want to ask any questions or have any future episode ideas, please just send us an email. We can be reached at contact.basemagazine.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Base Magazine. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You've been listening to The Blueprint.